Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. You're listening to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. Today is Wednesday, November 14th, 2018. And for all you Lawrences and Larrys out there, particularly if you are of Irish ancestry, this is a special day for you. It's the Feast of St. Lawrence O'Toole, who was born in 1125. And uh, at the age of 10, he was given as a hostage uh, by his father to one of the kings of Ireland and treated pretty roughly there until uh, his father negotiated that a bishop would get him in a monastery, uh, which he was. And at age 25, when the, the abbot died, he was made abbot of that monastery and lived a very holy life. And later on, uh, at the age of 36, he was appointed the first Irish-born archbishop of Dublin, uh, a couple of other interesting facts about this man was that he made two known trips to England from Ireland. Uh, one had to do something with the church business uh, to see King Henry II. And while he was saying mass in England, uh, there was a real problem that somebody came up and, and uh, uh, gave him uh, what should have been a mortal blow. Uh, during the middle of saying mask, he, he asked for some water. He blessed it and washed the wound with the water. The bleeding stopped, and he resumed saying mass. This, this was a couple of, then a couple of years later, he went back to England and negotiated peace between England and Ireland. So he, he's— At least for a little while. Uh, well, for a little while, yes, for a few for a couple of centuries anyway, because right. this all took place in the 1100s. Right. Uh, also, uh, I, before we get started on some of the other things, I'd like to just bring to everybody's attention that we are drawing to the close of the liturgical year. So as Catholics, we have two opportunities to make New Year's resolutions, one on the first Sunday of Advent and one on the first of January. And so uh, in order to get us ready for, uh, for this, the church in its wisdom has the last two Sundays of the year, we look at readings that deal with the final judgment and the kingship of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we can get off in the weeds in, in looking at some of these things when you read from Revelation and from Daniel and see some of the things with the end of the age. Uh, you can uh, focus on things sort of like how Lindsay did with his uh, book, The Late Great Planet Earth, back in the 70s. Or you can focus on the fact that it's the time for Jesus' coming. And uh, each of us will have to have our particular judgment in addition to this general judgment that's being talked about in these readings, and we need to be ready for that. And that, that, that's pretty sobering. I mean, uh, uh, Thaddeus and I were talking about this a little bit before we went on the air. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Thaddeus. How you doing? I am doing all right, other than the fact that uh, it's a little chilly here at St. Mary's today. It is. But as you were saying, that uh, can be a— kind of a chilling a chilling thought so yeah continue about about that oh you i wish i'd thought of that <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm trying to take after you 
trying to, it's, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's difficult. I mean, uh, it's one thing to, uh, to uh, just go blithely through life, not worrying about anything that's happening. It's another thing to go through life in uh, immortal feel, fear of immortal punishment. And it's another thing to go through life and have such a relationship with Jesus that you are under his protection. And uh, so it's a, the church is also reminding us, I think, that we need to uh, be under his, to be with him and have that relationship with him to where uh, we can be counted among the sheep instead of the goats at the final judgment. Yeah, I see it. There's, there's parallels in the Sacrament of Reconciliation where um, attrition, attrition is the starting point, um, being fearful of hell, being being sorry because you fear the pains of hell, as it says in uh, the act of contrition, and then real true contrition because you realize that you are jeopardizing um, not just heaven, but you are cutting yourself off from that love and that source of life in our Lord. And that's I think that's the same same yes. thing that's going on there when you are when we're supposed to contemplate the end of our earthly pilgrimage, you know. Yes, and uh, and I, I want to be make sure that everybody's clear that it isn't that God stops loving us; it's that we have turned our back on His love and are resisting His love. Exactly. So it it's sort of like a rebellious teenage child, or maybe just a rebellious child. I'll say not necessarily teenage. So that's it, and also having the studio with us here today, Dennis Maka. Speaking of rebellious teenage children, in comes Dennis. <laughs> that's that's a nice uh, transition, Gene. It's, it's been a couple of years since you've been a teenager, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> but I still am a rebel, I guess, without a cause, huh? Well, I wouldn't say that. This is your cause. This is my cause. My Our listeners are our cause. We're excited to be here today. So, And you you and Thaddeus and Stephanie did something very special last we week, did. didn't we? We did. We uh, before The week before we had our, um, two weeks ago, we had our benefit dinner here in Bryan College Station. Had some phenomenal results. Just a great time at a tailgating event. Um, great attendance. Great support. Um, we're talking, we're, we netted. Over the course of this next year with monthly pledges and everything that, that came in, uh, about $70,000, which is a huge boost to our needs. Uh, that's that's $70,000 increase? Yeah. Uh, well, wow. $70,000 in income through our benefit dinner. Net. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. net, net income. So wow. uh, that's through monthly pledges and things over the course of the year as well. So it was a, a great and much needed boost that we needed to our operations. So thanks be to God to all those that attended and all those that are so generous with our station. And, um, you know, we still have some, uh, some makeup to go with our monthly operational deficit, but that, that boost that we got will help us with our programming throughout this next year. So I jump in for a moment. I want to give a special thank you to my mother and father who purchased a table and they don't even live in, in our listening area. They don't even live in the state of Texas. Yeah, they donated it to they, uh, to some lucky recipients that were able to get some scholarship tickets, and they, in turn, donated more of their own uh, funding. So. But that, that really meant a lot to me. So, um, Mom and Pa, if you're listening this morning, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much. We may be colder than, than Denver, huh, right now? <laughs> yeah. 
that's where they are. So uh, it was a great benefit dinner. And then this next week, as you were asking, Gene, Stephanie and Thaddeus and I got the privilege, uh, thanks be to God, to go to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Because Network. of the generosity of our donors. Because exactly. Because they support us to do these kinds of things. We went to their annual conference in Birmingham. And so the day before the conference, we were able to take part in a uh, retreat at the Shrine and have a wonderful spiritual talk with Father Wade Menezes and uh, experience the sacrament of, of uh, reconciliation to go to Mass with the bishop there in the Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, my apologies. No, I got it wrong too early in the week <laughs> when I was Facebook posting about I'm it. I'm thinking the shrine in, in, uh, in D.C. Right. But then I got to spend time downstairs in the crypt church saying yes. a rosary uh, right next to the uh, tomb of Mother Angelica. So mm-hmm. um, offered up all our intentions and uh, personally, as well as the stations, as well as our listeners' intentions. And yeah. in, in the past, your attendance of these has been very, very beneficial not only to you personally, yes. but to the station as well. Yes. I, I feel personally a sense of a renewal, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A, a bit of a charge to my batteries, um, a great relationship that has continued to be fostered with the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and all their leaders and their hosts. And uh, Thaddeus and Stephanie and I got to, to have some team bonding, a little team ribbing, I think, as well. Lots of team ribbing. Uh, <laughs> if Thaddeus was there, there was some ribbing going on. Oh, no. You get the three of us together. It's pretty. For the uh, benefit of our radio fun. audience, I'll say that I had the privilege of rooming with Dennis while we were at the conference. That's not what he said earlier, but that's nice to say on the air, Thaddeus. Thank uh, you. Does, does Dennis snore? Uh, next no question. Comment. No comment. <laughs> next question. If you want to, I'll give you my home phone number and y'all can all call my wife and ask her that. But we had uh, some great sessions on fundraising, on um, just spiritual development, on uh, branding your apostolate. And I think social actually, media, social media, yeah. incredible presentation on social media. So I think um, some good affirmation of what we've been doing right and a great instruction of where to go. But, but just great networking people from around the nation, from, you know, Maine all the way to California to, to Washington and um, even Alaska down to Florida, lots, just all over the nation. We had representatives from around the nation and various radio apostolates and got some great ideas. Yeah, and we were, the three of us, we were particularly impressed with the two, with two very young um, employees of EWTN. One young woman who works at the monastery and, and sort of is the director of their um, tours and, um, and outreach. pilgrimage relations. Correct. And then another young woman who is the director of their social media operations who's expecting a, a child. But both of these young women were so... Um, they, they spoke with not just such verve and enthusiasm for their particular job, and their their profession, but um, they brought the their their faith and their uh, convictions about their their Catholic identity uh, so beautifully into what they had to stay, and they they really gave us a lot of um, I, I would say all the listeners, all the all the people in the room, um, real boosts of confidence and, and faith and, and hope for the future. And, and just great presentations overall. Mm-hmm. We got to talk Very professional. and meet with Dr. Scott Hahn 
And he was very fascinated about our presence in Waco because he's got some good friends on, really on the faculty at Baylor. Mm -hmm. uh, one of whom I'm probably going to interview in February. Yeah, huh? maybe, maybe. And he's he's got some great friends there. And he was very excited that we have a Catholic station that's thriving. And he was very excited to meet our, our station director there and Thaddeus and just was just a, a really gracious um, guest speaker at um, the live show on Wednesday night, EWCN as, live, yeah, as well as our uh, throughout our conference, he was there. So it was it was nice. It was a great educational time for us to get together, work together as a team, plan for some um, future plans for Waco and things that we have coming soon that you'll be hearing about uh, for their station there. And so a lot of great things and and a lot of prayer time for where God's wanting us to go next. Mm -hmm. And um, I and I'm sure that the three of you were as uplifting to some others at the conference as those were to you. Uh that's I don't know. I think so. Things. I agree with Eugene. Yeah. All of us were able to to have our input and give ideas of what we've been doing here and to support people that are new to the business. And and Thaddeus got up and had a, a good 3-minute presentation during one of our our uh, sessions, and, and he shared our group uh, brainstorming, and Stephanie was a great inspiration to many people as well. And, you know, I, I come at this not as an expert, but, but years, almost a decade of experience. And so I'm kind of one of the more experienced people in the room compared to the, all the new people that are coming in. So mm -hmm. um, I personally it, witnessed you help some individuals with engineering questions, yeah. setup questions. Um, Anytime that I can pass on what has been handed on to us, that's that's part of our calling. So it was it was a great great opportunity. Um, you know, we we were very excited about where God is calling us to expand, and so we're constantly needing to kind of retreat away from what we're doing here to focus on that to pray about it. And so uh, just keep have our listeners keep in prayer our effort. We made an announcement at our benefit dinner that we'll be starting a Catholic radio in Spanish here in Bryan. Uh, fairly soon. We just got to get the uh, legal paperwork uh, uh, started through and finished actually through the FCC. And then we're also praying about Tyler, see where God wants to lead us in that regard. So, And uh, those of you that maybe have friends or family in Tyler, uh, it might be time to alert them oh, that yeah. there is a financial need in Tyler to make this happen. Yes, there is a good financial need. There's a station that, that we could purchase there. It's a huge station. It, it's eight times larger than our biggest station now. So it would cover almost the entire diocese of Tyler, which... Um, Reach across the border into Louisiana, correct? It, just, just to about. the edge of it, yeah. So it, it's it's exciting where God's leading us, but it's going to take a leap of faith, but we're going to have to take care of a few things. So if you're in Waco and you feel called to help us with a matching opportunity, we're looking for some foundational donors for an opportunity we have coming up. November 30th, right? Yeah, just stay tuned. We're going to make some announcements. But if you have some foundational donors, uh, donations that you can provide that will be a match toward all our listeners, give me a call. I'll, I'll give you my cell phone number now. It's 979-255-2633. And we can hook you up with myself or Stephanie and talk about what our plans are to reduce and eliminate the debt for, that we have for our station in Waco. But you prefer they not call you at 2 in the morning? You know, the radio calls me at two in the morning, so why not? If you're up at two in the morning and you want to give me $10,000, I will I will drive to you and I will, you know, give me a cup of, cup of, cup of Joe or something before yeah. I drive out to you. But yeah, no, we're Bottle excited. Bottle of Mountain Dew. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that. So, 
So, you know, thanks be to God, he's been doing some great things with his network, and I know he's got some bigger things to come. So what else is going on here at the station with everybody, or the, the three stations? Anything in particular? Just trying to stay warm here at St. Mary's. And yeah, St. Mary's is, is in the middle of a construction zone, which is a great, great thing to have, but they're transitioning their boiler system over to the new mm-hmm. boiler system. Therefore, no heat has, has been in, in the building for three or four days, you know, so... Yeah, it's a little chilly. I'm gonna. Talk- I, oh, go I'm sorry. I'll I think on a on a on a serious note, um, we continue to update our page of links on the current yes. crisis in our church. Um, please consult that. We try to keep it. Dennis uh, does a capital job of keeping that updated. Often every day, but at least every couple days. We're close to 200 links, but going back to July. The latest um, statements from bishops and uh, entities in the church and the Catholic world, uh, just straight up news reports, commentary and analysis, and prayers and actions that, that people can take. And we are continuing to consult as an apostolate and as a board um, what kind of things we can do here in in our community, especially spiritually. Uh, those of you who have read some of Archbishop Viganò's letters, uh, his third letter, he s- stated specifically that this needs to be addressed with spiritual weapons. So yes, we're, we continue to discuss how can we be a part of equipping all of us with spiritual weapons and helping give opportunities and times to come together as a, as a town and as communities to wield those spiritual weapons. Fair enough, Dennis? Yeah, I agree. Although there's a, a, a manifestation of, of this that's very physical in nature, uh, we, we know, particularly from Ephesians 6, 10 to 17, that it's a spiritual battle that we're, we're battling. And we need to put on the whole armor of God as individuals mm-hmm. and as uh, local churches and as a church in, in, in whole. So Exactly, exactly. So now that we've been back from the conference after the, 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 the Catholic Radio Benefit Dinner, we are uh, taking a deep breath and having lots of deep thoughts with Dr. Thaddeus Romanski lately. So we're planning on some things to help help our listeners guide through this process. I don't and even know what to do with that. I don't either. Um, just made it up. But go to our website, uh, information on recent scandals. We've got people from around the nation, other radio apostolates that are using it as a resource for them. So we're honored to hear that from people, that they are using our page as a resource, a collaborative. It's close to 200 links now. So it's more and more by the day, we're, we're having links to great articles and commentary and news about the things that are going on. And stay tuned because it's the, the bishops are meeting right now and keep them and us in your prayer for yes. certain. Uh, really pray for the bishops yes. because they they are in a very difficult position uh, in, in trying to get this. And uh, we ne- just need to make sure that they are uh, they come out of there with in agreement as to what needs to happen and in agreement with what the Holy Father wants them to do. And those that need to be bold, and God is calling to be bold and stand up to what's going on, uh, we pray for them that they can have the courage and the fortitude to to be as bold as the Holy Spirit is moving them to be. So I think it's time to go to the break. Gene, 
Okay, and right after the break, I will have Mike Perkins from Humoroic Media in a pre-recorded conversation that we had a week or so ago. Stay tuned. Red Sea Roundup. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. Uh, I'm Gene Wilhelm, and I have as my guest today Mike Perkins from Heroic Media. And uh, just so you know, this segment is going to be pre-recorded, so we will not be able to take your phone calls at this time. Hello, Mike. How are you? You just got in from Austin. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Did you have a chance to catch your breath? Gene, I'm ready. Okay. Mike, uh, you are with Heroic Media, and that that is a very interesting sounding name. What is Heroic Media? Heroic Media is a organization, a 501c3 founded by Brian Follett in Austin. He had a goal to make Heroic Media the marketing arm of the pro-life movement nationwide. And we have refined that since then. And Heroic Media is an organization that reaches women through the internet connects them to pregnancy help centers, and saves the lives of the children. We normally focus on women who want an abortion today. Okay. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'd like our listeners to hear a little bit about how you got here. You've not been with Heroic Media that long, and (laughs) yours was a rather circuitous route to get there, was it not? I have been the president and CEO of Heroic Media since March 1st. I've been on the board for four years prior to that. And I came to Heroic Media through my friendship with Brian Follett. I worked for FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, prior to that, and a host of other ways that I have served the church since I got married to Sharon 40 years ago. Yes, and Focus is on both the campus here at Texas A&M University and College Station and Baylor University in Waco. It is. Where two of our stations are located. In addition to that favorite school that we like to talk about in Bryan College Station, the University of Texas, as, <laughs> as well as Texas State University. So we're in, actually, Texas is our most populous state for campuses that have Focus. And you get a few, a Focus had a few people come from these universities to join Focus as well. Absolutely. It's been incredibly fruitful. As everyone knows, this campus ministry, well, I, I have a background with campus ministry going way back, and I know for a fact this is the finest Catholic campus ministry in the United States and a very fruitful ministry in terms of people graduating and wanting to serve the Lord in meaningful ways, in a, in a variety of ways. Uh, you were quite happy at Focus Ministries, uh, so it was kind of a... God almost had to use a foot in the backside of your pants in order to get you to go with Heroic Media, didn't he? That is very true. Brian asked me last July a year ago to consider becoming the president, and I told him I loved what Heroic Media does, 
but that I would die working for Focus, that I really felt called by the Lord to serve that extraordinary apostolate. And I gave him the name of a search firm that would help him find the right person to lead Heroic Media. And five months later, we had lunch, and he surprised me by um, asking me to reconsider and asking me to pray about it. Oh, that's dangerous, isn't it? Jesus throws (laughs) curveballs. That's all I can say, because in praying about it, over time, I discerned that, in fact, I think this is what the Lord was calling me to. Okay. So that's that's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, I can elaborate if you like. Yeah, maybe but, we've got a few well, minutes to do that. I I was very fulfilled at Focus, and I had served the church for so long. And but I had become pro life is very important to me, dating back to my days as a youth minister right out of college. And so in prayer. I kept getting this message that I call you out of your place of joy and comfort to come do something hard for me. But that's that's what God does to all of us. I mean, but sometimes we turn our hearing aids down so we don't have to hear that. (laughs) Well, you cannot say no to the Lord if you believe he's calling you to do something. At least I can't. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, you can, uh, but you're very pretty miserable if you do that. (laughs) Well, sometimes we, we question his wisdom, but, oh, yeah. but so, we do have to trust. We're, we're so much smarter than God, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We like to think so. No. Tell me a little bit uh, about Heroic Media. Is, is it a Catholic organization? Heroic Media was founded by a Catholic, and many Catholics work there. But pro-life is an arena in which other Christian denominations and other denominations in general are – Active, And so we did not want to alienate them. We wanted to embrace the opportunity to save lives wherever possible. So we work with evangelical organizations and others, and we're very open to collaborating with pregnancy help centers that are of a faith different from Catholicism, though most of us are Catholic to the core. Okay. Tell me – you know, you, you talked about using the media, and, and it's that's one thing to say that. It's another thing to understand what it is without getting into the bits and bytes and yeah. all that stuff that most people wouldn't understand. Tell us a little bit about how heroic media uh, works and uh, what they do for folks. We have evolved, and so when Brian founded it, he first used media to – lower abortions using television commercials and billboards and signs on the side of buses. The problem with that is it's outdated now, and it's hard to measure your results. Today, if you're a young woman or any woman who finds out she's pregnant and she does not want to be pregnant, she's going to pull out her smartphone and do a Google search Something along the lines of where can I get an abortion in Bryan College Station or Austin or Dallas or Philadelphia, wherever she's at. For years, Planned Parenthood spent a lot of money to be the first thing that popped up on her search. And now Heroic Media competes with Planned Parenthood right there at the moment of intersection between her desire to get an abortion and her choice of where to do that. We connect her. Hopefully, she'll click on our ad, and if so, we will send her to a pregnancy help center near her 
that we are collaborating with and have trained to receive calls from abortion-minded women. And that begins the process of saving that child and the mother's conscience. Uh, You say Heroic Media actually puts an ad up there. So it would be one of those two or three paid – Yes, exactly. Things come up in the first two or three – First two. It will either be us or Planned Parenthood. And that must cost a lot of money. It does. (laughs) It is expensive, but what is a life worth? Well, I know. Uh, Does that money come from the the, – Pregnancy help centers, or is it something that you raise money to do uh, uh, through heroic media, or or how does that happen? We raise the money to do that, and we collaborate with the pregnancy help center. So they, if they have a budget for that sort of marketing, we collaborate with them. So I would say it's a combination. But if they don't have the money, we will try to do it for them. So if if somebody's listening to this and wants to help with this. Uh, they could contribute money to Heroic Media and either specify the area that it, it helps or just say anywhere where you can put the money to work. We're always grateful for unrestricted gifts, but we have many people who work with us in specific geographic areas across the country to facilitate the saving of lives locally. And you can do that, and we'd be very grateful. And how would somebody do that? We'll repeat this later, but just Two ways to do it. One way is to go to our website, www.heroicmedia.org, and you can give through our website or call me. Call you. Yep. You can call me and I will um, – we'll get to know each other. When you're in the office. Yeah. No, I'll give you my cell phone if you like. I'm courageous that way. (laughs) Very courageous. So so – and you've got some statistics that prove that this is working. The, the beauty of what we do and how we do it is that you can track exactly the results. So in pro-life, there's often a lot of passion, not always a lot of expertise. We're very blessed that we are working in an arena in which the results are very measurable. So if that young woman clicks on our ad, she is um, – moved to a landing page, which gives her a unique phone number. When she calls that phone number, she's being connected to the Pregnancy Help Center we're partnering with in her neck of the woods. And that Pregnancy Help Center receives a message. As they answer the phone, they hear a whisper message. This is a heroic media caller. And from that moment, they begin to track results. So we know who clicked on the ad. We know how many called the Pregnancy Help Center, how many chose to make an appointment, how many kept the appointment, and we know the outcome on whether she chose abortion or chose to save the life of her child. And we can sit down in front of a benefactor and show them the exact return on their investment. We can calculate exactly the end result of their contribution and the cost per life saved. Oh, that, that's interesting. And that, that, there aren't many people that can do that. No, sir. Not in this arena. Okay. And so it is very fruitful for us, very fruitful for the baby that is saved. Uh, and I want to emphasize, based on experiences from my youth ministry days, I'm not just doing this to save the life of a baby. I'm doing it to save, in my mind, the life of the mother who's making that choice. And from a conversation that we had several weeks ago, you have a couple of situations out of your youth ministry experience where you were called upon to do this yourself. <clears throat> I, in praying about this 
uh, whether to accept the position as president or not. I, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about over a month's period of time, I really prayed hard on this because I didn't want to leave focus. But two things that came to mind were I was a youth minister. My wife and I met at the University of Dallas, Catholic University mm -hmm. in Dallas, and fell in love very quickly. We were young theology majors, and I met her on February 8th of her sophomore year. I was a junior. And by uh, – in six weeks, we were discussing marriage. In four months, we were engaged. And we knew what that – what the Lord was calling us to. And I was very blessed. When we graduated, we both went to work for the church. And she was the director of religious ed, and I was a youth minister. And I was a youth minister back in the day when you could really spend time with teenagers. And because of various things, it's much more difficult to do that now. But if you're a person of trust and parents trust you, you could spend time with teenagers and really reach the point where they truly trusted you. And I was a beneficiary of that trust. So one day, one of the girls in my youth group called up and said, I really need to talk to you. And she came in and closed the door and sat down. She was 17 years old and she had just found out she was pregnant. And she knew it was her fault and she'd made a mistake uh, and she'd always thought of herself as pro-life, but she said, you don't really know if you're pro-life till you're sitting in where I'm sitting now. So I walked that journey with her and we talked about the options and we went to visit with her mom and dad and she told them what she was thinking and they agreed. And she chose to carry that child to term and give it up for adoption. And I was with her when she gave birth. And I baptized her son, and she held him for eight minutes. All of this in prayer, just reflecting on this. She held him for eight minutes and then gave him to a nurse forever. And it was brutal. It was very painful. She was doing the right thing, but it was very painful for her, very painful for her parents. This was their first grandchild they were giving away. Doing the right thing is often very painful. It, it, and in this case, it was very evident. Now, she did so. She carried through with that resolve. The, the mother who chose to adopt her son did let her be involved in her son's life, which was a blessing. And she got married a couple of years later, had two children, and they're my godchildren, and, and life has been beautiful for all of them. And you had another situation very similar to that quite – Ten months later, a girl who came to our youth group – she wasn't a member of the parish, but she was friends with one of the kids in the parish – came into my office, closed the door, said, I really need to talk. And I said, OK. And she said, I found out four months ago that I was pregnant. And this, this girl did not look pregnant when she sat down in my office. So I knew it was coming, and she said, I, I went to Planned Parenthood, and they told me that they had great news for me, that 20 minutes in the back room, and you'll never have to think about this again. You can go do whatever you wanted to do with your life, and this will never be a problem. And she had an abortion, and she burst into tears in my office and said, that is the biggest lie anyone has ever told me because I haven't been able to think about anything but this since that day. And I woke up this morning to kill myself. 
and I reached in to where I had stashed my pills, and they were sitting on top of the letter you wrote me on the retreat, and it made me realize I needed to come talk to you today. Well, that must have changed a lot in your life there and helped you with your decision to be able to go with heroic media. It helped with my decision, and part of that is because I've seen the aftermath. Um, later, I studied counseling because people were coming to talk at the church, and I didn't want to. I wanted to be sure I knew what I was doing. The impact on a woman's conscience sooner or later who chooses abortion is devastating. And so I'm at Heroic Media both to save the life of an un, a preborn child and to save, I think, the conscience and soul of a mother. Because it's very painful. Heroic Media d- does exactly what you did with that young lady, right? They choose partners that are going to, to do that same type of thing, correct? To do what we do, we must we choose to partner with pregnancy help centers, and we choose them carefully. So we want a pregnancy help center, first of all, who does not prescribe contraceptives, And secondly, is open to working with women who want an abortion. When they call, they want an abortion. And not everybody's like that. Sometimes when you call a pregnancy help center and say, hey, I'm pregnant. I want to get an abortion. Can I do that there? They'll go, no, we're pro-life, and they hang up. We train them to receive that phone call because this is that moment when you can intervene after a woman has chosen abortion or believes she wants an abortion. It's a very pregnant moment if you want a, yes. a choice on a play on words. And so we work with them very carefully to train them to receive that call well, to, to hopefully motivate the woman to come in to the center and learn options and to get an ultrasound and see that baby's heart beating. It's very powerful. So what kind of training do you do for your partners, uh, Mike? We're, we're very blessed. Again, as I said, there's often a lot of passion but not a lot of expertise. The person who helps us do these Google ads has a master's degree from the Wharton School of Business. He's quite the marketing professional. The woman who does our training for us has managed two large pregnancy help centers in Boston and Philadelphia. So she knows very well the challenges that the executive director and staff of a pregnancy help center confront every day, both in budget and in the challenge to get pregnant women to come through the door. And so we train them in ways that are present to the person making the phone call. It's caring. It's never deceiving, though we do want to get them in the door. And from there, we offer them the wealth of resources that are available to them because women don't come into an abortion clinic in general saying, hey, I was watching Oprah, my body, my right. I want an abortion because I can. They come in because I'm too young. I'm too poor. The father isn't supportive. My parents aren't supportive. They're afraid. And so if you can rally resources around them and care for them, they might just make that choice for life, and they often do. Okay. So typically uh, when, when you do the training, does it, is it, do you go on site to do that? Do they come to you? How, how does that work? We like? actually do it virtually in this day and age. We do our work nationwide, and the woman who does the training for us lives in West Virginia. So, a long ways from Austin. I'm sorry, Virginia. So it's a long way from Austin. Very good at what she does, and we do that virtually. 
Now, we're also working on developing this, this cry for training is something pregnancy help centers are sending our way. And so we are working on alternatives to that, which would be uh, rather than provided individually as they work with us, it would be something that all pregnancy help centers could avail themselves of. Well, but we're early in that process. If, if, with the, if with the virtual training, then, if someone new comes onto the pregnancy help center, they can be going through the training absolutely rather than or is that a train the trainer type and of thing? we record those phone calls that they're having with actual people who call in so we give them training in advance and then we monitor their progress we look to see what are the results of these calls are women choosing to come in if not we are listening to those phone calls and we are giving constant feedback to refine them refine their approach in that conversation. And then we're looking to partner with pregnancy help centers that have stable staff. Turnover is a problem I'm sure in that it arena. Is. So you have to keep after it. A lot of the pregnancy help center people that are working there are volunteers, I'm sure. Many of them are. And so it's very helpful when you have paid staff who are consistent. We One thing that is very important to us is if you make that phone call, God bless you if you make that phone call, if you do, you're going to talk to somebody on the phone who receives you well. We would like for them to be able to go into the pregnancy help center nearby and see that person, meet that person. So for us, we don't want to establish some, – some other organizations have call centers nationwide. And when you call in, you're calling – you might live in Seattle, but you're calling a call center in Oklahoma City. And we don't think that is ideal. And in why, our model. Why we is want that, that Mike, that you don't think that's ideal? Because I really believe that Jesus operates through the caring heart of another person, and it's really helpful. If you've heard that voice on the phone, and then you walk into the pregnancy help center, and that person is there to greet you personally. So it, it's, it's, again, it's, it's that one-on-one uh, ministry that you're talking about. I think it's vital. I think uh, in my career— both as a youth minister, I just think that personal touch. I, I, would you rather go visit with somebody and have spiritual direction in, per, in person and really see the love of the Lord in their eyes and in their countenance and in their support of you? Or do you want to talk to somebody on the phone that you're never going to meet? I just think both can work. Our preference is for that personal relationship. Uh, how many uh, pregnancy help centers do you have that you're working with right now, Mike? Right now, we are working with 42 pregnancy help centers across the country. It is our goal, and we do that. Our goal is to be in the top 70 population centers in which pregnant uh, abortion is most prevalent. Right now, we're in 37 of those centers and growing. Wow. And how long has Heroic Media been around? It was founded in 2004, and we were applying the billboard and television commercial strategy for a long time. This strategy, this new strategy to access, to reach women through the Internet is about two years old. So it's really really pretty recent in the whole whole, uh, pro-life movement. In many ways, we have really redesigned what heroic media is and does, and it is incredibly effective for the movement. Now, maybe we have somebody here that's either listening directly or to our podcast or online, and they're saying, we could really use that for the 
or, or my sister-in-law or somebody is working with a pregnancy help center in, say, Poughkeepsie, New York, and we mm-hmm. could really use what they're doing, how would they go about finding out more about heroic media and exploring the possibility of having heroic media work with them? The same options as making a gift. You can go to our website and reach out to us that way. The office number is on the website. Or you can call my cell phone and we'll have a good conversation and I'll I'll connect you to where you need I've to be connected. I've talked with you and I can guarantee that it'll be a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, and so my cell phone is 817-320-2924. Again, 817-320-2924. And I will answer it if I'm not in a meeting. That is vital. And so... You measure your success. Are, are how do you, how, you? I know you. You say you measure it by various things, but a little. Can you elaborate on that a little bit, Mike? We measure it. The bottom line is how many lives did you save, and so that is a number that I think is variable in the pro-life arena. And so when we use a number of a life saved, it means we know for a fact that the woman came in seeking an abortion and gave birth to a child instead. That is how we measure our success. We also, leading up to that, it's the measure of how effective is your ad? How many times did people click on your ad instead of Planned Parenthood's? Google works in such a way that they want to keep both of us happy, so we both keep spending money with them. So it's really a 50-50 deal whether we're number one or number two. Same for them. But is what we put up there effective? Is the technology we use to make certain that if she searches for an abortion using whatever language that our ad is going to pop up? That is all very technical. And we have, as I said, our Wharton School MBA working on that for us and Jordan as well. We just have a wonderful team doing that. Very, very blessed. So you will help, Heroic Media will help a pregnancy help center design an ad that's that's attractive and will make people want to call. They don't have to do that. We've already done all of that. The beauty of what we do is we can do what we do without a lot of overhead, without a lot of staff, and we can do it across the country in a very efficient way so that if you're a pregnancy help center, for instance, I got a call from a wonderful gentleman in Atlanta not too long ago who was interested in Mm -hmm. helping a pregnancy help center he was involved with receive visits from abortion-minded women. And so we were up and running in a day and a half with a test that has been going on for three months. In fact, I'm getting ready to present the results of that to him. And so we can we can respond very quickly if you're interested to to take action. So it's basically you've got some uh, some forms that people can fill in the blanks to design a web page or an ad to be able to. We do all that for you. All we need is uh, we 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 will talk to you about. We're going to vet you in a sense to make sure that you are a pregnancy help center we want to partner with, and that means that you meet certain standards and that you have people there who will be there that you're you know that you're good at what you do that's important and if so then we will collaborate with you and we have the technology to do all the ads we don't really have to design it we've already done it we know what okay. works so, so so and it's very uh it's transparent 
and it is diffusible. So we can have that going in almost any part of the country very quickly. It sounds to me as though you are very careful to make sure that the pregnancy help centers deliver what they promise. It is of vital importance, and they vary. I, I say that with great love. I, I admire anyone who chooses to work in that arena, but there's a lot of variability. And so we want to make certain that we choose pregnancy help centers that are well-managed and can provide the level of care that we want to provide for the woman who comes in. Well, you've already mentioned, Mike, that uh, there are a lot of people who have good intentions and not a lot of good follow-through with the intentions. Yeah, and I, again, God bless them for their effort. The effort produces different results, and and the reality is you can learn and get better. Now, do you, does uh, Heroic Media also help pregnancy, probably, problem, pregnancy help centers be able to improve what they do? Yes, that is. Um, we we provide the training. We're considering ramping up a more specific training regimen or an opportunity for training that pregnancy help centers can avail themselves up. Another thing that we do that we haven't mentioned is that if you are a young woman in America who is of the age that could become pregnant, 93% of those people know that Planned Parenthood exists. Less than 50% know that there's any alternative to Planned Parenthood, that there are pregnancy help centers eager to welcome them and help them. And so part of what we do also is train as education through social media, showing videos. If you want to watch a video on YouTube, uh, you would need to watch our ad first. We do paid ads that teach women in that, say, 16 to 30 age group that pregnancy help centers are out there ready to help. So that's one of those ads you get when you click on something for YouTube? The difference is you cannot stop watching ours. It's going to be a 30-second ad. It's a paid ad, and and you have to watch the whole thing before you can get to your Ariana Grande video (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) It sounds like there's a lot going on. Uh, uh, And you have a rather small staff, but there might be somebody listening who is interested in maybe joining Heroic Media with was that a possibility? It's always a possibility. We're growing. You're growing. And, and again, it would be con- initial contact either through your cell phone number or through the webpage. Correct. And, and that, again, is www.heroicmedia.org. Okay. So what, uh, what would you say to someone who maybe is thinking about, I, want, I live in, in XYZ town, and I really want to offer – people in this town an alternative to the abortion center that's here. It may not be Planned Parenthood, maybe somebody else. What, what would you say to them that, uh, to encourage them to begin doing what they want to do? Well, I would encourage them to call me and let me connect them to others who have had the same desire and have fulfilled it. And if you're going to open a pregnancy help center in a town, it helps to talk to somebody who's done this before. It helps to be in a town where I think it's easier to get funding. If you're going to do that, normally you're going to have to ask people to support it. And so if you want to do that in Thurber, Texas, when it had a population of two, that would be a challenge. But if you wanted to do it in New York City, we need it. 
So I would look at where you live. Are you in one of the top 80 abortion centers in the United States? It, that's usually tied almost directly to population. If you live in a populous place and you have this desire in your heart, then fantastic. But there, we have partners. We have one in Oklahoma City who has a center or two in Oklahoma City and then also have some in the outlying communities. It's very helpful. Well, I know from experience of some of the people, well, experience with some of the people you have on your staff, Karen Garnett in particular, yes. that you have some people that are very knowledgeable and committed to the pro-life movement. Uh, again, Karen has been such a blessing. Karen, for those in the Dallas area, Karen is the former executive director of the Dallas uh, Pro-Life Committee, Catholic Pro-Life Committee. 22 years of ex, you know, just excelling in this arena. Such a blessing to have her on our team. We've got about a minute left, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's recap uh, what you would say to our – you'd like to hear, have our listeners hear about heroic media. And, and even if they're not involved with heroic media, how – what they can do. The reality is that abortion is a very real part of our culture. And it destroys not only the child but the mother. And heroic media reaches women through the Internet, connects them to pregnancy help centers in in an effort to save the life of the child and the conscience of the mother. It's incredibly fruitful, wonderful, and rewarding work. We would love to have your help in any way that you would like to provide it. What you're saying is you'd like to put Project Rachel out of business because it was no longer a need. Wouldn't that be an epic blessing? Once One more time. How can somebody contribute to Heroic Media or find out more about Heroic Media uh, to help support the pro-life movement? I promise you that we're transparent and very responsible with your gift. Call me, 817-320-2924, or log on to our website at heroicmedia.com, and let's have a conversation and explore that interest of yours. It's been very interesting to be with you. We're just about out of time here. I I want to thank you so much for making the trip from Austin to Bryan College Station to to do this interview. Well, first of all, I'm a huge Aggie fan, and my great-great-great-uncle was the third president of Texas A&M University right after the Civil War. It's always a blessing to be here. I'm married into a family that's all Aggies. And I have nothing but love and respect. It's great to come to College Station. Well, so what you're saying is there's a lot of maroon in your house, even though you're in the land of orange. Uh, very much so, and it's it's pretty funny. I, I was raised to love the Longhorns, the Cowboys, and the Irish, but I have a lot of love for the Aggies. And uh, and in terms of family harmony, it's an important part of my marriage of 40 years. So, oh, I really appreciate your being here again, and uh, – uh, We'll have to have you back another time, maybe. I just want to say also thank you for Catholic Radio. I've traveled a great deal in my work, and I know what it does for the world. It is a, it's a vital, and I appreciate what you do. Okay. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm going to remind you that when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. <laughs> See, it's you.